Hello and welcome to another episode of A Spoonful of Recovery. Just as usual, a few trigger warnings. We will be going through mental health and symptoms of illnesses. So today I have Sana on the podcast. Sana, if you'd just like to introduce yourself, please. Yeah, sure. My name is Sana. I am 31 years old. I um, am married and I have a son and I recently got diagnosed with ADHD. Awesome. So I actually found you on TikTok through your journey of getting a diagnosis of ADHD. So I don't think you were diagnosed then and you were making videos about that. What made you think that you had ADHD? So my entire life, I have actually struggled with pretty severe anxiety. And so I always just thought like, oh, I have an anxiety issue, you know, went to a doctor, got prescribed medication, but the medication that I was taking, it's a very like addictive medication. It's not like a long-term solution to deal with anxiety. I just kind of put it on the back burner and was like, you know, the the way that people see mental health, it's just like, it is what it is. And so I, uh, yeah, I basically just was like, living with anxiety my entire life. And then I had my son and I went through severe postpartum depression. And I realized that I don't think it was just anxiety and depression. I felt like there was just a little bit more to it. And so I I started researching like mental health issues. I got on the TikTok app and then I started seeing ADHD videos. And then my for you page was ADHD, ADHD, ADHD. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. That sounds like me. And so I just, yeah, I went down the rabbit hole that a lot of people go through on TikTok and just start looking at like videos and self-diagnosing. And that's kind of like, you know, my story. So when you went to your GP, whether it like straight away, so now you've got ADHD or did you have to wait for tests? Like what was the process like for you? Oh, that, that was just an awful experience. So in Canada, basically, you have to go through your family doctor for everything. And because of our healthcare system just being so like overwhelmed, you really have a hard time getting like accessing resources for certain mental health issues, actually for any health issue, but specifically mental health issues. It's as if they don't even exist here. So I did go to my family doctor and kind of just like ignored me. And so I actually found someone on TikTok that lives in the Toronto area where I live. And they suggested a psychiatrist that that does an, like um, ADHD tests on people. Like they do, what's it called? Screening, like they do screening specific ADHD. And so I contacted their office and it was like a six month wait period. And yeah, so I got diagnosed through a psychiatrist that does tests for people. And basically you either have ADHD or you don't. And once you got that diagnosed where you relieved or were you like oh no I I have something you know what like so basically when I started recording like my TikTok videos I started talking about how I'm pretty sure I have ADHD and so I I made I did a lot of warnings on my videos saying like I haven't been diagnosed but I'm pretty sure like I have a gut feeling and like a lot of people came for me and said like you shouldn't be like diagnosing yourself and I totally get that so in a way it's kind of weird, but when the doctor's like, yeah, you do have like an attentive ADHD, I was kind of relieved and validated. And I know that's like such a strange reaction, but it was just like, you're, you know, your entire life when people always tell you like, it's not like everybody has a little bit of ADHD symptoms or everybody reacts like that. And everybody has anxiety. It always, it like, it literally like gaslights you. And so yeah. when you have, I'll tell you like, 
no, like you actually have a problem. Like this is an issue for you. It feels validating and like, it makes you feel I'm not, I'm not crazy. It's not in my head. Yeah. I think a lot of people that I've spoken to have said that, that they just wanted a label, even if it wasn't going to be terminal, it was, they'd gone through so much of people saying it's psychological or it's not that serious. Oh, just, you know, take a nap and do yoga that when they get the diagnosis, obviously you don't always get treatment at the same time, but just having that label just means that it wasn't in my head. It was something. So like, yeah, it's not, um, it's not strange that you felt that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's just knowing that there's a title and now you know, okay, this is what I have. What are the steps I can take? Like what, like what road do I want to go down? Do I want to do medication? Do I want to do therapy? You know, just like finding a community that you can talk to about it without feeling judged because I always felt very like I had to stay quiet about it. I always felt like almost embarrassed. And then when I came on TikTok and I was so welcomed by a community of people that also felt so similarly to me, it felt like such a, it felt so like it it took a lot of weight off of my shoulders Mm -hmm. and then on the app and like tell people like, Hey, yeah, I do actually have ADHD. These are real things. And I think it made other people feel validated because I think like based off of my following, a lot of people can just relate and they haven't been able to get diagnosed. And like, I I think that's also such a big issue is like, it's not clear on how to go. I think I have this disorder and how do I get diagnosed? It's not like a clear path. You know, I think like in in Canada and the US and the UK, it's kind of like, there's so many avenues to go down. And in Mm -hmm. general, we'll have access to these types of like um, healthcare providers. They either don't have insurance and like, it's, it's so expensive to do it without insurance. If I didn't have insurance, I would just have to like figure it out on my own, you know, and I wouldn't be able to get diagnosed. So it's just such a big, I don't know what your question was originally, uh, but I think it's just such a big issue in general, just diagnosed for people. And I, I think I want to remind people if there's like one thing that anybody can take away from this episode is that like, if you can't get diagnosed and that's just something that is too difficult for you right now, like it doesn't invalidate your feelings. It doesn't invalidate your experience. Like a title or a label does not like solve the problem, yeah. right? You live with it. And unless you really plan to take medication, getting diagnosed really doesn't do anything for you except validate the feelings that you have and validate it to other people and say like, hey, by the way, like I do have this issue. So mm-hmm. I know the like, majority of people are living, like a lot of my close friends, my own family members, some of my family members, I know that they're very suspicious that they have ADHD. I'm suspicious that they have ADHD, but they won't go and get diagnosed. They don't have any need or desire to, they don't want to go down that avenue. It doesn't mean that it's not a very real issue. No, that makes a lot of sense. How does it impact your daily life? Oh my God, it impacts everything. Like it, like it affects every aspect of your life like just from waking up in in the morning and just going straight I don't know like uh, Shella I didn't ask you do you have ADHD yourself I don't have it but I think I do have it I'm not diagnosed I've got other issues but I was like one battle at a time but I genuinely think I do have it because I seem to have the positive symptoms um but I've not had a diagnosis yet yeah So like, okay, just for example, in this, like uh, us organizing this podcast, right? Like a normal person would like put it in their schedule and be like prepared for it and look at the questions. But today I woke up 
did not, didn't cross my mind that I had this episode today. I was just like, my son is sick. I got to take care of him. Like I did. And then you messaged me and I went straight into panic mode. So I was like, holy crap. Like I forgot, but it's so typical. Like if we did another episode, I guarantee you, I would forget again. Right. And it, it looks unprofessional. Right. And this is like, this is something I chose to do like, um, like personally to do. Right. But like in my professional career, this happens nonstop. Like I will forget there's a meeting. I will forget that I had an important task that or an important deadline because I can't get myself organized to do it. I get stuck in this state of paralysis where I'm just like hyper-focused on one thing and nothing else matters. And so, like I mentioned earlier, like waking up in the morning, I'm just straight panic. Like if I don't have a, a plan for the day or an idea of what I need to get done, nothing will get done in my day. And so it, it affects everything. It affects your relationships, like your partner, like my partner, my husband, like he has, he has the opposite of what ADHD is. He's the most organized, calm, like timely person. And so he's over time gotten used to the way that I am, but I'm sure it's frustrating for him, right? To like, suddenly you forgot again, you forgot this, you forgot that. And you feel so much shame and guilt all of the time. And there's so much like self-loathing. I can understand that because I have done stuff like that before, which made, which I used to think, am I just lazy or do I just not like admin stuff? Cause that's where I mess up the most. Exactly. And you, you, you literally label yourself as lazy and, and stupid. And then you, and when everybody gets upset at you, it just confirms that feeling and you just feel so worthless. And it's such a cycle. And like at my age, I'm 31 years old and I'm still struggling with these feelings. Like, constantly and how does it impact relationships and the people around you like were your family and your partner supportive were they like oh you've got ADHD or was it like you know what like I talked about it so much because I was so hyper focused on the fact that I had ADHD that I spent the six months before getting diagnosed just talking about ADHD I would be like hey by the way like do you know I do this because of my ADHD I think at some point my husband tuned me out but I wouldn't say he wasn't unsupportive. It's just like, it's really hard for people who don't, who are, who are not neurodivergent to completely understand the mind of someone that is neurodivergent. Like they just don't see, they don't see the world the way we see the world. So his reaction was kind of just like, oh, okay. So like, what's next? Right. And it, it was like, I guess, I don't know what else I expected. Right. Like what else is, how else is he supposed to react to that? He's yeah. just kind of like, about it and I had no idea what I was going to do about it because I have ADHD like I don't I don't know I don't know my next step so he just kind of is the type of person to be like what like what do you want to do and I'll help you through it the best way that I can and I'm lucky because I think that um a lot of people like a lot of people have actually messaged me or emailed me saying like my partner has told me that ADHD isn't real or my parents they don't see ADHD as real they always say everybody has a little bit of ADHD. And so like, that's so invalidating. It's so unfair because it's a legitimate disorder. Yeah. And there's stigma around invisible conditions, but predominantly South Asians, that it's almost like they just don't exist. They'll give you a, a diagnosis of like, go drink turmeric lattes or do some <laughs> yoga. Or if you forget about it, it'll go away. Or go be religious. And I'm like, I already pray. I don't think that's the point, but it's almost like, no, 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 it doesn't exist. Everyone becomes a specialist. Did you face any of that? I honestly, like, I, I totally get the stigma that exists in 
South Asian community because I live so where I live in Toronto like if you if anybody's watching this and they're from the GTA the greater Toronto area you know the Desi community is huge and everybody knows everybody and there is so much judgment within this community I just feel like I am lucky that I have a family that 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 didn't make me feel invalidated that didn't say like it's not real like honestly that my family was so understanding um including my husband like they were like it was kind of like nerve-wracking to talk about it at first like to be like hey by the way I think I have ADHD like it was kind of nerve-wracking but talking to my husband and just seeing him react so calmly about it I felt like I was comfortable enough to go to my family and talk about it and a lot of them reacted with I I think I have ADHD too right now because <laughs> I heard that um, it's genetics and it's it, it's like um, if you have it there's like a really big chance that it comes from either your mother or your father and I don't want to say who but I'm pretty sure one of my parents has ADHD and I'm pretty sure of my four other siblings at least two of them have it and so I think I'm lucky in that sense that I didn't feel that pressure or just that judgment from the South Asian community but I really understand why people feel that way like putting myself on the internet like my account went from like 100 people to like 10,000 followers in like a week. And then it grew to 20, 30, 40. Eventually people are going to see your videos, right? The people that like you want to keep it private. because it's There's something about having an online presence that's almost embarrassing. And I think that is a South Asian community thing. Like she's on the internet. Like she talks about her mental health on the internet. And like, I think I had to fight that stigma in that sense where it was like, it's not a big deal. Like if if I don't do it, if I don't share my experience, there's going to be someone else, another woman that needed to hear that I'm experiencing this, that somebody else needed. Like you said, you found my TikTok, right? There's so many other women that found my TikTok and just felt like, thank you. I feel like I'm being heard. This is a real thing. So I felt like it was like a necessary thing for me to do that. Like I can get over the fact that people are talking about me or oh, they found my TikTok. Like, I know my cousins back home, they found my TikTok and they shared it. And like, people that I don't really talk to anymore, old friends, they found my TikTok and it gets circulating around. And, you know, people are just have, they always have something negative to say. And I just, at the point, at the point where I don't care. Yeah, I think with age, I just kind of got over that fear of that stigma. But I really understand like why maybe more so younger women like in their early 20s are really scared of what the South Asian community will say. My advice is they're always going to talk about you. They're always going to have something to say. Just speak your truth and live life for yourself. Don't worry about what they're going to say. Yeah, I think it gets to a point where you're just like, I genuinely don't care. Because if it's not this that they're going to talk about, it's going to be something else. Why not just talk about the thing that's impacting me and where I can make a difference? People told my mom about my TikTok videos they were like, oh, she was sick. Oh my God. And she talks about depression too. And my mum was like, yeah. And like at the start, my family found it very, very difficult because okay. no one could tell anyone what was wrong with me because we couldn't work it out. And specialists weren't that helpful. But then eventually it was like, it is what it is. And I just said to my mum, I'm going to fight this, but I'm going to do it my way. And I, it's not going to be through being silent. She's like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, cool. I won't find it that challenging anymore but I think at the start it was like like you said you're not having a TikTok account I almost didn't want anyone who knew me to look at it because 
it wasn't for them. It was yeah. for the people who needed to hear that these conditions are real and they exist and being a bit yeah. sarcastic. I totally, I totally hear you. Like getting over that, that, that fear is like, it's also like such a relief too, in a way it's like freeing. Like yeah. if you actually, like, I, I had such a fear of people finding my TikTok that like in my Instagram bio, it says like, if you think you know me from the internet, you don't like, because I just don't want people to associate my like personal Instagram with like my public TikTok. And now at this point it's just like, everybody just knows. So it is what it is. Like, who cares? So why not use my platform for good? Yeah, absolutely. And did you tell your workplace about your diagnosis? I did. So I, I, I felt like I needed to because I was getting to the point where like, you know, my manager would sit down and be like, hey, like this wasn't done or why wasn't this completed? Or, and I felt like, holy shit, I'm going to get fired. Like I'm going to get fired. So after I got diagnosed, I sat down with him and I explained to him, I'm like, I got diagnosed with something called ADHD. I kind of explained to him. And honestly, like his reaction was just so like, I don't think he understands mental health and it's not his fault. He was just like, oh, okay, that's cool. I was like, okay, that's an interesting reaction. And he was just, he didn't really know how to go about it or how to deal with it. He was like, how can I help you? And I, I kind of told him like, listen, like you can't give me verbal instructions anymore. Like that's what you need to stop doing. Like don't come by my desk 10 times a day to like say, hey, like if you have something to say, email it to me, send me a message, but don't come by my desk because I get completely sidetracked. So my work, they, they, they kind of were just like, okay, but there was just like, it wasn't ever like, go, like brought up to HR. There weren't any sort of like, what um, amendments in your work can we make for you? Because legally here, like you have to, your work has to recognize it and then um, change, like make certain modifications for you to try to make it work because it's a legitimate disorder. Um, so nothing was done formally and I've just, yeah, I've just kind of been quiet about it. I haven't really brought it up again. And what do you think needs to be done to raise awareness, whether it be within society, within families, relationships? What do you think needs to be done? I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Honestly, it's such a big, there's just so much stigma in general around mental health. I don't even know, like, how, how do you, like, start to chip away at such a big issue? All I all I think I can do personally is like, wow, okay, I have this platform now, right? I have, you know, a community here. What can I do? I can't change the way everybody feels. I can't fight everybody. All I can do is use my platform to share my truth, my experience. And so other people can hear it and feel some sort of relief. Like I get a lot of emails, a lot of emails and Instagram DMs just saying like, thank you. Thank you for just sharing your truth because I've been too scared to do it or something along those lines. So yeah, like, does that answer the, does that answer the question? No, no, I think that's fine. And I think sometimes it's easier for someone to share a video from someone else and say, I have this, what this person's saying, because they might just not believe you. Um, and for me, I was bed bound for months, explaining that to people. They were like, but you look too healthy. You look fine. Remember when you went traveling on your own? And I was like, yeah, no, but I have this now. 
and it was exhausting explaining it. So I came across a Netflix documentary, um, a film called Brain on Fire. And I just started telling people to watch it because I only got diagnosed in 2020 and we still weren't allowed to see people. And I was like, oh, have you watched this? Yeah, great. I, I have something similar, okay. <laughs> so that's all you need to know because I couldn't be bothered to convince people that I was sick because it was draining me. So I thought if I just use these platforms, I've done my part and sometimes that's all you can do. So I, I don't know, like I haven't like, I don't know what you've been diagnosed with or if you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's everywhere, but I have like a medically unexplained brain condition called FND and it mimics okay. like brain tumor symptoms and MS and Parkinson's disease, but it's functional rather than structural. So it doesn't actually damage the inside of my body and it won't appear on MRI scans or like blood tests. So they'll say, you're fine, go home. It's all in your head, psychological. And then I joined this Facebook group and they were like, yeah, no, we all have it. And I was like, oh, so we're all going through the same thing. And a lot of medical specialists are very like dismissive because they're like, well, we don't know how to cure it. So it's clearly a you problem. I was like, okay. And I also have fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. And they were all like, yeah, it's not that bad. Just do yoga. It's not that bad. Be happy. If you go be happy, you'll be fine. And I was like, I'm now depressed. And they were like, yeah, but if you just smile and forget about it. And I was like, what, what? I'm sorry, what? And it just, it got to a point where I was, it just got really bad. And then I decided that if this is going to be my life, I'm going to have to start advocating because there's, there's not that much support out there. And then I found similar people to me, like on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And I was like, yeah, no, we need to do more. <laughs> like there's so many of us suffering all around the world. There's no way we're all making this up. Like, come on. So yeah, and that's why I started the podcast. I actually started it when I was bedbound. And then I thought, well, if it helps one person, well, why not bring other people on and have them share their stories um, so that we're less isolated? Because that's how I felt. I was like, it's just me. It's just me. And everyone around me saying, don't tell anyone about it. Don't tell the world. No one's going to marry you. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, no, it's a part of my life. You know, if I'm ashamed of it, then what does that say about me to others? So, yeah. So that's kind of like what we're both doing, right? We're like, you're, you're saying, why just keep it to myself? Why not like make one more person feel like, you know, that they're not alone in it. And that's, that's all we can really do at the end of the day, right? Is like, you can't change how everybody feels. You can't fight the but you can just do what you can within your means to try to break that stigma because it is a, it is a big problem. Like you deal with it a day to day, on a day-to-day -day basis when people try to tell you like, it's so invalidating when someone says, oh, like I must have ADHD because I have that symptom too. And it's like, you know, like they don't even realize what that sounds like. It's so invalidating to have people constantly say that to you, right? It's, it's, it's just like gaslighting you and saying like your problems are not real. Everybody has them. Yeah. I mean, I dropped in front of my neurologist and went into a bit of a seizure and she told me, get up and try harder in life. And I was yeah. like, how does that work? Like, what do you mean try harder? She was like, just try harder in life. And I was yeah. like, just because it's not appearing on a test doesn't mean what's not happening in front of you isn't real. Like, um, so that just used to infuriate me. But then I started being really sarcastic on my TikTok videos at the start. I was just like, 
try staying positive, look at the back pain going. Oh, did a bit of yoga whilst I was bed bound. Cured now, yeah, yeah. And then I started to get like loads of messages, people going, yeah, no, I had that as well. And I was like, yeah, it's um You feel heard and seen. Yeah, yeah. Cause then you're just like, oh, it's, it's not just me, is it? It's like loads of us are going through this. And I've had people come up to me in public going, oh, you're that girl that was dropping on the floor. You're that girl who has FND. Thank you. Because of you, I've gone and tried to get a diagnosis because I had something similar. And I was like, okay, <laughs> not a medical specialist, but if yeah. I can help someone in any way, then yeah, you know, why not? Yeah, I agree. Like, you don't have to be a, uh, like, yeah, you don't have to be a specialist. You don't have to be a medical professional. You can just be someone experiencing this and living with it and try to help people the best that you can. Yeah, definitely. So last question. Say someone is feeling unheard and is waiting for a diagnosis and isn't getting much support. What advice would you give them? I would have someone advocate for you because it's so like you feel so defeated when, you know, your your family doctor or whomever you're dealing with kind of tells you, shuts you down and says it's not real. You don't need it. You don't need this medication. You don't need anything. It you need someone there that will advocate for you. And that's what I've learned dealing with the healthcare system here. I've had struggles since 2014. And um, at first my mom was advocating for me. I would take her to all my appointments. And every time they would try to tell me like, it's in her head, it's in her head. She would stand up for me. And now I have my husband who I take to all, like to my, all of my important appointments. And he will just, sometimes he doesn't even need to speak, but he will just be there in case he can see that I'm getting nervous because you know a lot of times when doctors are so aggressive with you and letting you know like this is not a real thing you kind of just like you stay quiet because you don't know what else to do so just having someone there advocating for you and just kind of holding your hand through it honestly is really important like I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't have gotten a diagnosis I wouldn't have you know just made it this far without having someone advocate for me so that's that that would be my biggest piece of advice that's really helped me through this process but I also want to say like like just being diagnosed and it hasn't solved the problem like I I don't want anyone to think like I have it all figured out like I, I am just as confused and just don't know how to deal with what I've been told like I don't know how to handle my ADHD like you know you said give me examples in real life I also want to use this meet like this this episode as an example like sometimes you're gonna you, you say a question to me right and I have jumped ahead and thought about what I've wanted to say that I forgot to listen to the rest of the question so there has been a few times I don't even know if I've answered the question yeah. and that that happens all the time when I talk to people like they're talking to me but I'm not hearing them at all I picked one word and I thought about it and then they'll be like, so, and you'll be like, so, and you have no idea what they say. So it's just, it's like, I don't know, like, what is the solution? Does someone have the solution here? Like, are, is this how we're going to live for the rest of our life in a state of confusion? <laughs> like, yeah, it does okay. happen a lot on the podcast where people are like, so what was the question? Um, what, what was that? So that's why I do write the basic questions down first, because a lot of people at the start were like, I need to see the questions, but I can't just do the podcast. I need to know. Um, and I need to look at them. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. So I, I give people the choice of like, this is what we're going to talk about. Because a lot of people do say to me, sorry, what are we talking about? 
Did I answer the question? So yeah, that is quite common on the podcast. For my ADHD, I like looked at the questions, but like three minutes before the podcast and thought, Ooh, what should I say? Like, that's just, and I will continue to do that. And I don't like people are like, just, just do better, be more organized. And I don't even know what that means. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just, like, I'm just having to laugh my way through it because if, what else am I going to do? Yeah. Like most of us, it's just sarcasm or laughter. <laughs> yeah. And then there are bad days though. I just want everyone to know, like you're seeing just like 2%, but, um, so many people say to me like, oh, you've got it all figured out and now you're doing this. And I'm like, no, I still have my bad days and I still have to pace through life and preserve energy. Like I went to a wedding on Sunday. I'm going to pay for it the next, this whole week is going to be like no energy. And then maybe I'll Saturday, Sunday, I might start to pick it up again. But to everyone else, it's like, oh, so just sit at home and watch Netflix. It's all good. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine if it was just a two week thing. But when it's for life, it's a bit different. It does start to impact you. Yeah, just like, uh, so you're talking about like recovering from any sort of social event, that like recovery period for you? Yeah, and certain things like just even um, doing like, so for example, I do jujitsu on Sundays. That's the main activity I do. And then I'll pay for it on Monday and Tuesday. So Monday and Tuesday, I have to stay like in one place rather than doing three or four things. So like even washing my hair, I try to meal prep so I'm not cooking every day, but this is all that I've learned. And like walking, like I used to walk everywhere, but then now it's like, oh my God, I can't walk all the time. If I do that, that's an activity now to me, not something that I just did. And so sometimes like when I'm getting ready, I'm just sat on the floor getting ready. And even the clothes that I wear, making sure that they're zipped one, so it's not fatiguing for me. Whereas for everyone else, this is just like, just put the jacket on and leave. But for me, it's like, I have to really think about stuff. And like my calendar's colour coordinated with like activities and pacing and I have to schedule in rests because I, I just don't listen. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't listen to my body. I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm having a good day. It's all good. And then the next morning I'll be like, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. But then it's like, I wasn't going to miss a family wedding but I try to stay seated for the majority of the wedding and just, you know, take it. But then it's the light, sensory issues. There's so many things. But then you just, there's part of you that learns to live with that and just, there's a compromise and a consequence, but I just have to deal with it. I, I honestly understand completely what you're saying. Like, people don't get that. They just think like, like you know, you said you schedule a rest. Like, that's just something I could never do, right? Like, my mind doesn't work like that. I, I wouldn't think oh rest like that's not that doesn't even cross my mind I just I think that I can accomplish 20 things in a day and you know and then when I don't because it's impossible I beat myself up about it yeah yeah, yeah I did that like yesterday I wanted to do so many things but I was like I can't move I physically can't move and I was like oh my god why is my body like this and oh my god and I'm 32 now and I've not done this and I'll never get someone an hour and it just just keeps going and on and on and everyone else is like oh no but look at what you've done and it's like no but uh, my brain's going this way (laughs) so you know I'm fighting this I totally I hear you man like I feel like we're just scratching the surface surface here like I could talk about this all day because I'm so passionate about it like I like I know that we're like coming to the end here but like I just feel like I always have so much to say and I just want to say it all like I like I just 
it's like it's that thing with ADHD where you just like you're so like it's my right now this is my hyper focus so I just feel like I had I could talk about this endlessly and this is such a big issue and it's so it's there's just so much that you can say on it but I'm just really glad that I like I did this and I had the opportunity to like just have a conversation to to chat about it with somebody who who understands you know ADHD is an actual disorder yeah and thank you so much for for sharing your journey hopefully a lot of people will get stuff from it and um I shall see you on TikTok yeah (laughs) I mean now that I'm ready I might as well make some TikToks (laughs) yeah thank you great it was really nice talking with you